This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. We all make mistakes in life. Once upon a time, being attracted to frosted tips was one of my many. Joe, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson here on Joe and Amber. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. Are the Baltimore Ravens making a big mistake, even bigger than being attracted to frosted tips in 1999? When they... No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. I'm going to stand up for the frosted tips. Maybe you could say something like you learn from your mistakes, or maybe it was cool in the era, and you just moved into a different era, and something different is cool now. Stop bashing the tips for crying out loud. I grew. I changed. I evolved. evolved. Are the Baltimore Ravens growing and changing, or are they making an epic mistake here? not paying Lamar Jackson. We got some more insight, a little bit more insight on what's happening there with negotiations between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens because, Joe, it has been very quiet on that front. We know Lamar does not have an agent. It's just him and his mother representing his own interests. And because of that, we're not getting the usual leaks that I feel like we normally get because a lot of agents utilize the media. Let's be real. When things are breaking down, they might kind of leak leaky over here. Let us know about it so that we talk about it or we print it and maybe that helps in the advocacy for their client if the fans get upset with the team and the organization hey pay our guy we can't possibly lose this guy we haven't really been getting any of that sort of usage of the media or of the airwaves in the way that we normally would because Lamar is not represented by an agent but we did get some more insight today Jeremy Fowler and Jameson Hensley have on ESPN.com written an article an article Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens and an awkward year in limbo. They recount everything that has happened here over the last year, including the injury to Lamar, whether he was milking that injury, whether if he had signed a deal five months before that injury, if he had maybe would have found himself playing there at the end of the season and in a postseason. So they go back through kind of all the drama over the last year. And then they talk about the actual negotiations themselves. They reveal that Lamar does want something more like a Deshaun Watson, 230 million dollar fully guaranteed contract reportedly actually even asking for more than that apparently Jackson according to this article turned down a five-year 250 million dollar contract in September that included 133 million dollars guaranteed that's less of course far less guaranteed money than Watson's deal but more guaranteed money than say Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray who had just signed big guaranteed deals uh, or partially guaranteed deals last offseason apparently according to sources they're saying that Jackson's contract negotiations the counter offers the Ravens last year were for fully guaranteed contracts that exceeded Watson's so every time I guess Lamar would counter offer uh, his offer would be like yo 250 all guaranteed let's go and that seems to shed a little light here Joe on ideals not in place Credit to him for establishing what he believes he's worth and sticking to his guns because he is a former MVP and he is a hell of a player. When he has played for the Ravens since 2019, the team is 40 and 17, averaging 27 points per game. In the games he's missed, they're four and nine, averaging 17 points per game. And they would have beat Cincinnati in the playoffs with him because we saw that they had a shot and then the Huntley fumble on the goal line, his backup, went the other way and completely flipped the game. This is all going to come down to one key thing this summer. Jackson, in my opinion, is going to get hit with the franchise tag. 
the exclusive franchise tag so that the Ravens will be able to control the situation. And then they are going to sit and wait and negotiate and go through the process. And while that process is happening this spring and summer, you are going to have Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia, who's eligible for a new contract, Justin Herbert of the Chargers, who's eligible for a new contract, and Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, who's eligible for a new contract. I don't know if all three will get them this summer, but someone's going to. And if that deal is not fully guaranteed or those deals are not fully guaranteed, it is going to become very challenging for Jackson to then go back to the Ravens and say, I still want a fully guaranteed deal when the Ravens are going to be able to say, yeah, that situation with Watson was the outlier. Russ didn't get it. Kyler didn't get it. Hertz didn't get it. Burrow didn't get it. Herbert didn't get it. You're not going to get it. And that's going to be what ultimately shapes the market this summer. So Jackson, representing himself as his own agent, has to keep a very close eye on those situations. And hopefully he's in touch with the agents of those players so he knows what they're thinking. Because agents tend to work together in these situations so they can get the best possible deals. You know, I've, I've argued with a lot of former players on our airwaves about the importance of Lamar Jackson having an agent. And I know that I'm a little bit biased here. Probably the lawyer in me and as somebody who doing what I've done for a living over the years has spoken with and talked to a lot of agents. And so I do value, I guess, the role of agents, but this is where I value them is those relationships because agents have those relationships to know what's probably coming down the pipeline for those other players and to kind of have an idea sometimes how all those other negotiations are going. And that is such an important component in negotiating Lamar Jackson's deal. The flip side of that, of course, of what you just suggested is if any of those guys are getting fully guaranteed crazy money then that helps Lamar I mean that could also be something that comes to fruition here but if all these NFL owners are sitting here like yo we're gonna make sure the Browns is the outlier here then Lamar is gonna find himself in a difficult position once some of those other deals get done Jeremy Fowler ESPN senior NFL writer was on Canty and Carlin he was asked if Lamar's contract should be fully guaranteed logic would say yes like that makes total sense you know when, when you're looking at it uh from the outside, I, I think that the mechanics of this with NFL teams is part of the problem. And, and the precedent here is, yes, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed deal from Cleveland. Cleveland was okay doing that. 31 other teams were really upset about that because, you know, typically you just don't see that. You know, guys get 50% guaranteed, 60%, whatever it is. And uh, teams did not want to set that precedent for quarterbacks at that high of money. In part because you have to put it all up front in escrow, or most of it at least, in that first year. And, you know, the risk of injury with football by nature makes doing that kind of deal tough. Yeah, there are some logistics financially because if you give him 250 guaranteed, you're putting 250 into an escrow account for him. So it's definitely a different structure there financially for these NFL teams. And then you heard Jeremy just reference, of course, the risk of injury. That's really been the always the the argument here, Joe. The risk of injury and the shortened length of a lot of NFL careers has always been the argument against guaranteeing contracts in the NFL. That's the owner's perspective, certainly not the player's perspective. The way from the player to change that though is to essentially try to do what Lamar Jackson's doing take back some of that power Kirk Cousins found a way to get multiple guaranteed contracts Deshaun Watson has it but it's difficult you mentioned the three guys that I was talking about earlier with Hertz and Burrow and Herbert and if any one of them was to get a guaranteed deal what would that do to the market well the problem there is that Jalen Hurts for example just completed year three he still has year four of his contract and then the franchise tag Joe Burrow just completed what was it year three as well Mm -hmm. he's got year four the fifth year option and the franchise tag and the same thing goes for Justin Herbert like the the teams have so much control that if these guys want to get paid and want to get paid big 
They're not going to sit around waiting for the guaranteed deal. If you're a guy like Joe Burrow, you can say, I want it fully guaranteed. The Bengals can say, all right, you can play out year four where you're mm-hmm. not going to be making nearly as much. And then he says, I want a guaranteed deal. Mm, you can play out year five. Why well, right. want a guaranteed deal? We'll franchise you for year six. There's so and much franchise control for here. You, franchise you for year seven, right? Because they could hit him with the tag twice after yeah. that. So you're talking fourth year, pick up the fifth year option, franchise tag, franchise tag, then then you're walking on us, you know? But we're so many far, years removed from that. They have so many opportunities here to try to get a deal done. Lamar Jackson is not in that same situation. He's already played out the fifth year on his rookie deal. Now we go into franchise tag territory and it becomes a conversation of what tag you're using on him if you're not working out a long-term deal. And is he going to sign a franchise tag? Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive. Coming up next, the only team lifted who lifted the Lombardi trophy, but what does it mean for the rest of the league? That is on ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. ESPN's NFL Nation back on February 22nd, which was yesterday. Uh, I'm living in the past here, Joe, which was just yesterday, released on (laughs) ESPN.com. An article that has 32 offseason questions for every single team in the National Football League. And I thought this was interesting because it's a collective effort. It's the beat writers from every team basically coming up with a question, the main question for the offseason for all of the teams that they cover. So we wanted to have a little fun with this, pick out some that we think are the most interesting and get our opinions. For that, we bring in our fill-in producer today, Nick Cardi. James is out. Joe jinxed him uh, in terms of uh, sickness, asking about his kids yesterday off air, I think, Joe alluded to the fact, oh, your kids, you know, they're, they're bringing home germs from school. It was an all-time mush. It was an James all-time said, mush yesterday. it's coming for me, and then there you go. It came for him. So he's out. Nick stepped in. Nick, we're happy to have you here. Happy to be here. My hair is all one color, so should be off to a good <laughs> so start. So already an improvement yeah. over James. Very professional. So we'll start in Minnesota, and the biggest question for the Vikings is, should they sign quarterback Kirk Cousins to an extension before he becomes a free agent in 2024? Joe, what do you think? I mean, the obvious question the follow-up with on that is what's the backup option right like if you're not going to go with cousins who's going to replace cousins because it's tough with these guys he's a middle of the road qb you've paid him a ton of money he's delivered average results that's what he is he's an average to slightly above average quarterback this past season he ranked 14th in the nfl in quarterback rating behind daniel jones behind ryan Tannehill, behind andy dalton right like Cousins has all the weapons in the world. He's got a a very nice indoor stadium. He's got an offensive-minded head coach, and he produces slightly above-average results. So, no, given what we've seen throughout the course of his entire career, plus the fact that you have massive gaping holes on defense that you need to address, you don't need to give him any more money. You can move on. I think that it's easy to jump to the conclusion with Kirk Cousins. No, of course you don't give him an extension. You don't don't need to work it out now, but, like, what – Joe just said it kind of comes down to well what's plan b if you don't and right now the Minnesota Vikings don't really have much of one I mean Nick Mullins was their backup this past season I don't think he's a long-term answer for the Vikings so it comes down to your options the problem with Kirk Cousins is I think he's a little bit better than average but I don't think he's going to get you over the hump unless you have a heck of a team around him and we've seen it not work out. They were very good in the regular season this past season. It was a lot of close wins. It was a lot of wins that ended up being fool's gold once we saw it try to work in a postseason. It didn't work. And that's kind of the story with Kirk Cousins. And then, of course, you have all the shrinking and the big moment stuff and the primetime stuff, biggest stage, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. 
He's only 35, uh, which is what he's going to turn um, this next season. So if you're handing him a deal, but 35 still when you're talking about another long-term deal that you're handing him in his mid-30s, I would say that you probably move on from Kirk Cousins, but I don't think it's as easy as maybe it initially seems. All right, now. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. To a team that does need a quarterback at the moment, the Las Vegas Raiders have released Derek Carr, leaving the quarterback position open. So the biggest question for the Raiders is, will they go with a rookie or a veteran, Amber? What do you think? Oh, man. Um... I don't know because it's hard to know what to do after you get rid of arguably the best quarterback in Raiders history and a guy who's been so consistent at that position for so long. I know that Josh McDaniels might have that previous relationship with and therefore like a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's so many durability issues there with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that you look to the draft and I think you start anew. I think that's why you moved on from Derek Carr. I think if you were looking for just another above average vet, you would have stuck with the already above average vet who'd been on your team his entire career. Seventh pick in the draft, so a quarterback is absolutely in play, but I believe that's plan B. I believe Aaron Rodgers is plan A. I think the Raiders are going to get very aggressive in trying to bring him to Las Vegas. They are the favorites to land Aaron Rodgers should he leave Green Bay. I believe Green Bay is ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, so it's just a matter now of getting a deal done. The Raiders had a disastrous first year of this new tenure with the new GM and the new head coach. They have got to find a way to get the ship back on track Although ships don't go on tracks, they go on the water. So that is a just a terrible way of trying to lay all this out. But I believe it will be a veteran QB. I would bet on Rodgers. I think the draft is the backup plan. Another team that is in the market of a QB is the Indianapolis Colts. Should the Colts hang on to Matt Ryan to mentor the quarterback they're going to draft? Quick caveat to this one. Matt Ryan is owed $12 million by the Colts. If he is rostered, he's owed an additional $17 million. So, Joe... Do the Colts keep Matt Ryan? No, he's 37 years old and he was benched twice last season. Twice by two different head coaches. It was a terrible year in Indianapolis. The Colts need to move on, draft a QB. If you want a veteran mentor, you can bring in a guy like Jacoby Brissett who's already been there. You can do that. You don't need to pay Matt Ryan $29 million to mentor a young QB. Move on. It seems like there would be other options and maybe cheaper options out there. I don't hate the idea of having a vet because you're drafting a quarterback, or at least that's the direction that I expect the Indianapolis Colts to go. And so you draft a quarterback. I never mind the idea of having a veteran 
presence there to help mentor a rookie. You also have to, though, have a veteran presence who's willing to mentor a rookie. I don't know where Matt Ryan feels like he's at at this stage of his career. I do know that he's got $12 million guaranteed dollars coming his way if he decides to play next season. We don't even know if he's going to end up trying to come back and play next season. Assuming that he does that additional 17 so you'd owe him $29 million as a mentor, that feels like a hefty price tag when, like Joe said, maybe there's a Jacoby Brissett out there, maybe there's a Baker Mayfield, Maybe there's other veterans who you could kind of bring in. I don't know if Baker's old enough, but those guys that you could kind of bring in and really help mold a rookie. And I think probably you might be able to do so with Matt Ryan. Now, the caveat here, and this is actually the direction that I would go if I was a cult, is try to restructure with Ryan because you are on the hook for $12 million either way. So instead of just completely moving on from him and paying him 12 for nothing, I would try to restructure with Matt Ryan and work out with him. Hey, you come back. You're earning some nice money. Yes, you're probably going to be in a backup role or a mentor role. Maybe you start early in the season, first half of the season. We let the guy learn who we draft some. Are you cool with this and okay with this? We need you to restructure your deal. And maybe Matt Ryan has some motivation to do that because any way you cut it, it's more than $12 million. You'd be playing on a team that you're already familiar with. Turn our attention to Amber's Finns down in Miami now. They have a question at quarterback as well. Seems like the whole league does. But should the Dolphins pick up quarterback Tua's fifth-year option, Amber? If you're not the Kansas City Chiefs, you have a question at quarterback, right? Uh, That's what it feels like. Definitely the Miami Dolphins have a question. The question with the Miami Dolphins is durability. It's not accuracy uh, and it's not effectiveness because Tua was those things when he was healthy the problem of course is health and because you have those health concerns moving forward you heard Joe last segment talk about out of that same exact draft the extensions that are probably about to come down the pipe for Burrow and for Herbert and for Jalen Hurts you don't do that if you're the Miami Dolphins you do not extend Tua out of that same draft right now we're not even talking extension but you do go ahead you do pick up his fifth year option you give yourself enough time here as we go into his fourth year and maybe fifth year to give yourself a buffer to work out a deal with him long-term if you find out he's durable, Joe. Agreed. His first two seasons weren't very good. His third season under Mike McDaniel was very good. So go ahead and expand upon that. You don't need to rush into the financial waters to get him paid. What you need to do is give yourself more time to evaluate. The fifth-year option is there for exactly that purpose. That is the move. That is the move. Hopefully that is what the Miami Dolphins do. And for the love of goodness, Dolphins, please get a viable backup that can also stay healthy because we do not need another season as Dolphins fans where the entire quarterback room is injured at the same time. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers has still not made a decision about his future, but I think he's out of the dark. We'll get into our latest with Aaron Rodgers. Sound on, sound off is next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Kevin Winter beside himself on that Sports Center update, as he should be. Load management. 
Just, man, uh, not going well right now for the NBA. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him on social at Joe Fornball. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. It is time now. Let's sound on, sound off. Oh, wait. No, let's pizza money first. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. There we go. All right, we're easing into the hot tub tonight. One of these days. Easing into the hot tub. No no harm, no foul. If if it results in a winner, interrupt every single night. Do not worry about it. Botch it. Do whatever you need to do to get the winners. That's all we care about here. Last night, we made four picks. Two of them were golf futures, so we'll update that on Monday. Uh, The two that played last night, we went one and one. No money won. No money lost. So for the last 14 shows, 24 and 19 plus 14.25 units. Pick number one tonight, we go to the association, 9 p.m. Eastern tip time. Oklahoma City taking on the Jazz in Utah. We are going to play the Thunder here. I think the tank is coming for the Utah Jazz. After a 19-16 and 16 start that impressed a heck of a lot of people, they've been 10-15 and 15 since. No Colin Sexton tonight, who's averaging 14 points per game. I think they're now starting to look towards the draft. Meanwhile, OKC, 13-8 and eight over their last 21. They're jockeying into playoff positioning. They don't need to worry about draft picks. They've got 10 million of them from all the trades they've made over the last few years. Pizza money number one. It's the Thunder in a pick over the Jazz. They said it. But what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Aaron Rodgers has officially emerged from the darkness. That's not a euphemism. That's quite literally. He's walking out of the dark, apparently. The entire sports world awaits his decision. Meanwhile... There's another Aaron in Green Bay. Aaron Jones has already made plans to return after taking a $5 million pay cut. Here is what Aaron Jones says about the quarterback in Green Bay's future. In 2021, you lost Jamal to the Lions business. And now you're potentially going to lose Aaron Rodgers, someone else who's been family the past six years. Think about that, that he might not be there next year when you guys start training camp? Uh, I thought about that the last three offseason here. Mm. He was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a bit more intense. No, right? no, it definitely is. And it, uh, it resonates with me because A-Rod has played like a huge part of my, my career. Uh, he definitely has played a huge role in it. I, I'd hate to see him leave. Uh, he's a great leader. That's my guy. That was from the Pivot podcast. That was Fred T asking that question and setting Aaron Jones up. I love that he said, I've thought about his last three seasons because, man, haven't we all? Uh, Nick Cardi is filling in for James Steele today. Nick, what's your question for us? So as you heard, Aaron Jones alluded to it. So if Joe and Amber were teammates of Aaron Rodgers, how would you feel about going through this every single year with your quarterback, Joe? In the perfect world, I'd like to believe that I would have the monk mind. I'd be happy with my money. I'd go about my business and I would live by that stoic philosophy, control what you can control, right? If I can't control it, let it go. And I can't control what Rogers is doing, but I know myself too well. I'm very familiar with stoicism and all these other practices because I'm a raging lunatic when it comes to rage, anger, patience, things of that nature. So I'd probably be pushed over the edge every year. I would be the guy like Sammy Watkins talking about the Lamar Jackson contract situation, saying things I shouldn't. So full disclosure, that's where I'd be. Would love to believe I'd be cool about it, but I'm not a cool guy. I never have been. 
Sounds like Joe Fortenbaugh might need a darkness retreat of his own. <laughs> I would say I'm a little bit cooler than that, I guess. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> oh, very, yeah, I'm sure. typically not emotional when it comes to business. I try to recognize like business. It's just business, baby, right? Like business is business. Uh, that being said, I can't imagine how annoying it is. Like I would be annoyed. It's not that I would be maybe upset or even hate Aaron Rodgers if I was his teammate, but gosh, just to have to go through this. And then also to have to answer the questions. Cause if you're Aaron Jones, you're answering the questions every year. Cause you're the other star on that team. Right. And how obnoxious is it that we all get asked all the time because you play this game every single off season with whether you're coming back or not. And that part of it would be really annoying. I would imagine that if every single year that we're doing this show, if Joe flirts with the idea of leaving, there would be a point <laughs> where maybe I would be a little less sad about the idea of him actually leaving because that would be frustrating as his teammate. So there you go. It was reported yesterday that the 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy's elbow surgery has been delayed due to inflammation and is not expected back until late August. Here's Jeremy Fowler on the 49ers quarterback options. Certainly, Brock Purdy is going to need a long time to recover. Uh, you know, he hopes to play this year, and, and that's the plan. But I think in the meantime, talking to some people around the league, they expect San Francisco to, to get a veteran, uh, to sign a veteran quarterback to some degree uh, of, of uh, accomplishment. It might not be like a, a top guy. Uh, but, you know, like a Sam Darnold comes to mind, somebody like that, Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, somebody who, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, if he's available, it could be that, that type of player. Just to really serve as a backup slash bridge option, knowing that uh, Trey Lance, you know, if he recovers from his ankle issues, will be fine, and and they can be the starter for them. I mean, they're yeah, you know, they're still invested in Trey Lance. He, he really has seen minimal time on the field. They invested a lot to get him third overall pick, so they they do want to see what he can do eventually. So Amber, what is the 49ers' best option for quarterback coming into the new year? So it's funny because you just heard Jeremy Fowler list off a bunch of veteran quarterbacks. And I was thinking, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> right? Like, are, we, are they just going to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the day? We're going to do this so song awesome. and dance again because now they need another veteran quarterback because both of their young guys are injured once again. Uh, it's madness in, in San Francisco. I, I would say that... You have to create a quarterback competition here between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. I feel like Brock showed you enough when he did come in in relief this season of Jimmy G that you should give him an opportunity moving forward. But also because of the draft capital that you put into Trey Lance, you also need to kind of see that through. I'm not sure quarterback competition between those two guys is a bad thing. What is a bad thing if neither of those guys can be healthy? And so I guess that's where the third quarterback option comes into play. I, I mean, it's got to be very disappointing for 49ers fans, Joe, because that is a good darn team around that quarterback position. When you have a two-plus decade stretch that goes from Joe Montana to Steve Young to Jeff Garcia, who people laugh at, but Jeff Garcia was really good for them, mm -hmm. you are eventually going to have karma bite you in the rear end, which is what's happening to the Niners over the last few years. All the quarterback injuries, all the quarterback problems they go that they go through at every single turn, that's just the world balancing out the karma. Now, for what the Niners do this offseason, absolutely you want the two young guys competing against one another, but you got to have someone else in there. Just too many injuries, too much uncertainty. That's that's a bad injury for Brock Purdy with that elbow, and he's not coming back till late August. You can't expect him to be ready in week one. Maybe he is, but you can't expect it. So you turn to the veteran market. Now, guys like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, they could have better options, but the thing that 
the Niners have on their side is that seemingly every quarterback who is plugged in the Kyle Shanahan system looks very good in the process. So that's the type of gig that if someone can't find something else, go there, learn from Shanahan. Maybe you end up getting some reps. Maybe you play well, you boost your stock, you boost your value, and you go back out on the open market and cash in bigger somewhere else. Eric Bieniemy was officially announced as the commander's OC today and had something to say to all of those who are angling for him to be a head coach soon. Being a head coach right now, it hasn't happened. It's not anything that's going to impact me moving forward because the only thing I need to concern, be concerned with, it's what's important today. Today, I got to be the best person that I can be. I got to be the best coach that I can be. And on top of that, I got to get these guys in this building to learn to trust me to get to know me, but also understanding what the term accountability means. And so I have to be accountable to these men. All right, so all that stuff about being a head coach, we can talk about that next year sometime. Right now, I'm focused on the job at hand. So the new commander's offensive coordinator had that to say. So, Joe, what would a successful season look like for Eric Bieniemy? Well, it depends on who's going to be the quarterback. Sam Howell from North Carolina, like, that's the guy. I find it hard to believe that that's Washington's big plan at quarterback. Not to knock Howell, but that's not, you can't go into the season looking like that. You got to go out and get somebody. So I have a feeling quietly behind the scenes, they're going to try to get aggressive for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't mean they're going to land him, but I think they are going to be all in on some of these guys. Rodgers, Carr, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got the weapons on offense. So for enemy, you want to have an offense that's consistent. That's been a big problem for Washington. Washington consistency get that team to maybe eight and eight nine and eight put together a top 12 offense and that would be considered a success I don't think the bar needs to be top five just find a way to put a consistent product on the field compete at a respectable level put a top 12 offense out there and I think you'd be fine gosh nine and eight I mean they were eight eight and one this season I I I think that they need to be significantly improved under Biennemi for him to accomplish the goal that it appears that he wants to accomplish, which is to catapult into a head coaching role. And he wasn't able to do that under Andy Reid's shadow. I think that he has to do that here in Washington by taking command of that offense, us being able to quite literally point at that offense and say, that is Biennemi. Like, he made this offense so much better. Now, I don't think he necessarily needs to win championships. I'm not even saying that he needs to win the division. But I do think that needs to be a very improved offensive uh, offensive team in order, no matter who's under center, in order for him to make that next leap that it seems like he wants to make. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio, and it's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career that you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Coming up next... The NFL draft is just two months away, but why is this Gator quarterback now being projected as the number one pick? We'll get into Anthony Richardson. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Also, you can listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. So it's been interesting what has been happening in mock drafts and in the sports betting world when it comes to Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Mel's latest mock draft, Joe, has Anthony Richardson going to the Panthers at ninth overall. That makes him the fourth quarterback taken. However, the sports betting market, there's a lot of money, as I understand it, being put on Anthony Richardson to be the number one overall pick. Let's start with Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN's NFL draft analyst who was on SportsCenter discussing Anthony Richardson. 
he, he went from being this A-plus quarterback, this quarterback say, boy, now we see there's going to be, this is going to be polarizing. This is going to be frustrating. This is going to be difficult, the evaluation process with Anthony Richardson, because you see the talent, you see the ability to run and, and destroy defenses with his legs. You see the big-time arm strength, but you see layups that he's missing. He, he's going to the left. He's bouncing throws, bubble screens, not on the target. You know, coaching is going to be critical for him. I understand he'd, he'd like to see you back for another year. He's coming out. I think the hope is go to a team that can let him sit for a little bit. He is not going to be ready. We see Malik Willis in Tennessee. Not ready. We knew that. Malik Willis wasn't going to be ready. Kenny Pickett was going to be more ready. Yeah. Uh, this is a quarterback needs time. So as I understand it, according to our friends at Caesars, he went from 80 to one to go going number one, Joe, to like 50 to one to 25 to one. I mean, it's been crazy what's been happening here with Anthony Richardson from a betting perspective. So explain it to us. So started as high as 100 to one and has been bet down to seven to one. That is a significant <laughs> move. 100 to one is essentially saying this guy is an absolute moonshot to go number one overall. And now it's down to seven to one. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Let me take you behind the scenes. Betters aren't necessarily, they're not looking at this saying, it's going to happen, I have inside information, I'm making this bet. What they're saying is 100 to 1 is not a good price by the sportsbooks. They have made a mistake here because there's a much better chance than 100 to 1 that he goes 1 overall. As a result, there is now value in that bet. So they start hammering it. Books start to realize, whoops, may have made a huge mistake, Perhaps somebody out there could decide he's worth a gamble as the number one overall pick and as a project. So they have to readjust the odds as a result. And now we are at seven to one, which is in line with a guy like Will Levis from Kentucky to go number one overall. Bryce Young from Alabama is still your favorite. CJ Stroud, your second favorite. So that's where the market aligns right now. There was some money that came in on Richardson to go number one overall. The books realized they made a mistake and they quickly adjusted. It seems like the conversation has been Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud over and over and over and over again. I haven't heard much in terms of Will Levis, and I haven't heard much in terms of Anthony Richardson. I'm talking about the number one pick or the first quarterback off the board, which we assume will be the number one overall pick, particularly if the Bears trade out of that spot. Anthony Richardson, though, is so interesting to me because as a Gators fan – Goodness, was it frustrating. There was times that I would watch Anthony Richardson, like the Utah game, the first game of the season. And I, I saw that dude do things that I have rarely seen done on a football field. Like the talent was so ridiculous in moments with Anthony Richardson. And then the mistakes would happen and just boneheaded decisions. And the accuracy would be a problem. And sometimes the arm strength would look like, all right, the raw talent's there. The arm strength is there. But is the decision-making there? Is, is, does he have what it takes to really turn this kind of raw talent into something? And so I would imagine it's that raw talent, though, when you're looking at his game film. And I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I obviously watched all the Gators games. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm breaking down film. But I would imagine that if you're a team breaking down film, like you could fall in love with some of those moments I just described and some of that raw talent that is so apparent when you watch the Anthony Richardson experience. 
if you felt like you were in a position where you could clean up the mistakes. And I don't know if he's a player that you can do that with, but we've seen raw talents come into the league with wild athleticism like a Josh Allen who looked terrible in a first year and got it together. And that's the kind of comparison that I would imagine that teams are making if they're at all interested in taking him very high in this draft. So that's 100% the point of the move is the Josh Allen comparison. Allen came out of Wyoming. He completed 56% of his passes while he was there. Anthony Richardson completed 54% of his passes. Both numbers are abysmal at the college level. You should be completing well above 60%. All right? At yards per attempt in terms of your ability to throw the ball down the field, Josh Allen 7.8, Anthony Richardson 7.8. For his career at Wyoming, Josh Richardson, or excuse me, uh, Josh Allen, 44 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, a little over a 2-to-1 ratio, TD-to-INT. Anthony Richardson last year, 17-to-9, a little under a 2-to-1 ratio. Both guys carry the ball like crazy. In his best season, Allen ran the ball 142 times for 523 yards and seven scores. Last year, Richardson, 103 carries, 654 yards, 6.3 average, nine TDs. Both kids are freaks. Both kids can run. Both kids have big arms. Both kids had problems throwing the ball in terms of accuracy. When you are an NFL team looking for a quarterback and you can draft one in the first round, get the fifth-year option, and then have the franchise tag as the potential sixth year, you've got two, maybe three years to develop a guy before you really have to know what he's about. And if a guy like this could come into the league in a league where dual-threat quarterbacks are all the rage, like if you can't run at quarterback right now, that's a bit of a problem for your offense. You need a guy who can move. Both teams in the Super Bowl had that. Mahomes isn't known as a scrambler, but he can move and be very effective with his legs. It is worth the risk. I don't see the kid falling out of the first round. The question is how high does he end up going? It's kind of funny we don't think of Mahomes as a scrambler because he evades pressure better than any other quarterback in the National Football League, and he does do it often with his legs. Anthony Richardson was brilliant at doing that and often under pressure at Florida. The problem was he'd get out of the pressure and then he'd make the errant throw. And so if you could have cleaned that portion of the game up, then yeah, you'd have an unbelievable talent. I don't know what to make of Anthony Richardson. I, I know a lot of Gators fans who feel like me because there was a lot of frustration, like I said, watching him but the talent was there and was undeniable I just wonder when we're comparing him to Josh Allen as well because you just rattled off a lot of numbers that seem really similar out of college to Josh Allen does it make a difference that Josh Allen's playing against Mountain West competition and Anthony Richardson is doing that against SEC competition I think you could argue pretty strongly that Anthony Richardson had the harder job at Florida was playing the way better competition during his career at Florida and because of that maybe even though those numbers aren't wildly impressive for either quarterback coming out of college maybe Anthony Richardson actually gets the edge there coming out of college over Josh Allen because of where Anthony Richardson played I mean that ultimately was the biggest concern for Allen was that he had some questionable numbers in a situation where he was facing very little if any NFL talent I think if you want to look at Richardson and you want to try to evaluate him the Tennessee game jumps to mind completed only 54% of his passes but had a huge game on the road 453 yards two touchdowns one interception that's the good tape and that's the good tape because Tennessee's defense was awful but there are opportunities there someone's got to develop them someone's got to polish them up and somebody has to be patient in doing that process and so it'll be interesting to see what team feels like they have the right staff in place to truly develop 
develop this and take their time with this guy because this isn't going to be a win now running coming to the league NFL ready kind of quarterback coming up next we're going to try to shed some light on the latest with Aaron Rodgers quite literally some light he has come out of the darkness that's next this is ESPN radio this has been the Joe and Amber podcast you can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.